Hey, everybody. Today is the week of February 17th, 2020, and thank you for listening to To The Point, a podcast about the weekly ins and outs of The Point Church. This week, Pastor Tim and the church staff get together to discuss children's ministry, family discipleship, and missions. This is episode 20 of To The Point. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you into The Point Podcast. I'm Tim Coleman, Senior Pastor of The Point Church in southwest Pensacola, the lovely Perdido Key area, joined today by Dr. Joe McClellan. Good morning, everybody. Joe's our executive and worship pastor, along with John Vickers, our Next Generations pastor. Hey, everybody. Hope you're having a great day. We have a special guest, guys, today that we have brought in from out of state. That's how serious we take our productions, all the way from... Lillian, Alabama, which if you're listening to this podcast, uh, Lillian is about eight miles from the church where our children's ministry coordinator happens to live. We're glad today to have with us Miss Karen Dewhurst. Hello, everybody. Karen, do you feel like world famous now that you're on? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're glad you're here today. Karen does a lot around here uh, from the administrative side. Uh, she can make about two turns and get more done than the rest of us put together. Amen. As well as uh, she is our children's ministry coordinator. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. We want her to give us some uh, insight and info about that. Guys, we're coming off a holiday yesterday, President's Day. Did you enjoy your day off? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, With- got, to, I got to take a nap yesterday. Can you believe it? A nap. Well, I can tell you somebody that didn't take a nap, and that was Karen. Karen was here working yesterday, employee of the month. Give it up for her, working on President's Day. I think you should take me to lunch for that. (laughs) We'll do it. Hey, we definitely will. Yesterday, I came down here, my wife and I came down here, and this place was Grand Central Station on an off day. But uh, Karen's going out of town. I'm going out of town at the end of the week. She had to get some work done. So anyhow, enjoyed the weekend. Uh, Sunday, we had a great day. I felt like here in... Uh, Perdido Key got some good reports from our Alberta campus and what uh, happened over there with Pastor Josh Heisler. Uh, We finished up our series in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, with the church at Laodicea. And I think I presented the text, guys. I really wrestled with that and studied with it and presented it maybe in just a little bit different slant than many have heard it through the years. Uh, in the interpretation of the hot and the cold. Um, did I throw you for a loop, John? You like you got a thought running through your brain. So something that I appreciate about the preaching at our church is that we're not afraid to address some of those issues. Like, for example, when you were talking about the hot and the cold, you gave the example of, okay, well, let's say, you know, from a one to five scale, you're either cold or hot. If you landed somewhere in the middle and... And then you you said, well, one of the issues with that is the way that the text presents it is Jesus says, I wish you were hot or cold. And if we did that, you couldn't say that you were cold. And I've heard it preached that way dozens of times over the years uh, of, of pastors standing up and saying, you know, if you fall in the middle. Um, and I think that it was very beneficial for uh, for our congregation. So if you want to hear more about that, we have a sermon podcast that's available both for Perdido Key and Alberta that you can search for. I called my brother yesterday, who's a pastor in South Carolina. He's actually four years older than me. And we got to talking about the text. And I said to him, 
Uh, Chip, I, I really believe that when the Laodicean church heard Jesus say that, that they heard cold and hot in a positive manner. And he said, man, I've never thought of that. And I said, well, I didn't come up with that. I actually found that in some of my research and some of my study. Uh, but Jesus did say, obviously, you're lukewarm, and them being lukewarm was the problem. Uh, what Where I got hung up on was Jesus affirming or saying, I wish you were cold. Mm. Because then you've got to define what is cold. Is cold unsaved? Some have preached that text as the Laodicean church uh, being unsaved. And mm. I disagree with that because Jesus called it a church. Mm. And the church, the ecclesia, are the called out ones. So he would not have called them a church if they were unsaved. Mm. Um, I wouldn't think, I don't believe that Jesus was saying, hey, I want all of you to be saved. Uh, thus, verse number 20, he's standing at the door, he's knocking, uh, let me come in, I'll fellowship with you. Uh, I believe he was speaking to a church that was blessed. They had a lot of material resources. They felt very self-sufficient. And Jesus said to them, you make me sick. I'll spit you out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. And contextually, they related to the lukewarmness because of the water supply that came into the city. Mm -hmm. uh, it was funny on Sunday night in our connect group, one of our guys said, okay, very, right at the beginning of the conversation, he said, okay, you got to give me some material to read on this, man. He's like, you're frying my brain. He said, I, I've never, he said, I've never read this or studied it. And I'm like, look, the history of it is just out there. It's easy to find uh, with the water supply situation and so forth. So anyhow, um, so the 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 title of the sermon was a comfortable church in that Jesus is calling us out of our comfort because he has something for us to do. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the ministries of the church. Karen, let's focus in for a minute on week by week. We're trying to minister to families through our connect groups, through our small groups, uh, through Sunday groups, uh, specific times of the year where we have um, – specific events. You know, guys, we got the stakeout for the men coming up on March the 29th on Sunday evening with Sean Pillay. We do a ladies event in the spring and in the fall. Uh, consistently week by week, we try to challenge the families to disciple the children, that the church is just a supplement to what's Absolutely. going on at home. So uh, Karen is our children's ministry coordinator here. Karen, talk a little bit about how we approach each week, your week. We just finished up Sunday. Um, again, you were here working yesterday. I don't know if you're trying to get a raise or uh, what. We get a free lunch. Free lunch. So you, you started yesterday. So you've got things to do. So what's next for you? And then uh, over a seven-day period, what's going on in our children's ministry? On Sunday mornings, typically here at Perdido Key Campus, we minister to about 60 children ages, babies all the way up to fifth grade. And we have, even in our youngest ages, in our nursery, we make it a priority to giving out the gospel to the kids. Our three and four-year-old class this week, they were in there learning about Moses. And so we are planting the seeds of the gospel. So in, we have our connect groups that meet at 915. And those connect groups, our kids are in small groups where they are we're learning through the gospel project. So within the span of three years, we will be able to hit all the high points throughout the Bible to give the kids a good overview of what the Bible has to say, always focusing on Jesus, how Jesus is in the story. During our second service, 
we have the kids go to super church. During super church, this week they got to learn about the fiery furnace, and they were learning how Jesus was in the midst of the fire with the um, three Israelites. And we are using a curriculum that gives through three years. We hit all 66 books of the Bible. And I think that's awesome, the way we're journeying through the Bible together and the way we're carrying the kids in a systematic way through those stories. You mentioned Super Church just a minute ago. Um, We have a point in the service. We start the service with our music or prayer or whatever we're doing on that Sunday, and then we get to a certain point where we dismiss the children right before the message. What are a couple of reasons why we leave the children in there for the first part of the service? One of the most important reasons we do that is because we want our children to learn how to worship. And mom and dad are the primary disciplers of our children. So we want the kids to see mom and dad worshiping. We don't want the kids to be set off apart from mom and dad and then come in sixth grade in and they want to sit with their friends and they never have the opportunity to see mom and dad worship. It also gives our children who have um, come to faith in Christ an opportunity to take communion, to see baptisms. So we want to make sure that our children are not sectioned away and come into church at 11, 12 years old and have no idea what it means to be in the church so that's what we're trying to do with that strategy. I think it's awesome. Sometimes I have kids sitting behind me, uh, depending on what family gets behind me on Sunday, and and uh, listen to them sing and whatever in the corporate setting, and then for them to experience that. Man, I love the, the kids' songs and so forth, and I grew up on that, you know. But them learning our songs and singing with us, I think, is a, is a beautiful thing. So the next event for this week is Wednesday night. What's for dinner, guys? Have y'all have y'all checked the menu? I believe it's fried chicken. It is Hallelujah, fried chicken. find the glory. We're having fried chicken. Yep. Good deal. So Wednesday night, we have dinner at 515, and then what do we do for children? So we start kids programming at 545. We start off with the craft. Um, that craft usually goes right along with the lesson that the kids are t- learning. And with the kids' lessons on Wednesday night, we're doing a little bit more of the discipleship focus. So for the past four weeks, we've been talking about prayer. When can you pray? Where can you pray? Why should we pray? We're actually this week starting a new section. We're going to talk about resting and how this week's lesson is about, I think it's about how Jesus went away from the disciples and rested and prayed to his father. So Wednesday night is more of a focus on specifically drilling down into some of the Christian living and how we can pray, how we can read our Bible. So each time we meet, we're not learning the same thing every time. We are systematically learning big things, smaller things, even smaller things with the discipleship of our kids. And then that time wraps up at 7.15, is that right? Yes, or whenever mom and dad make it from their class. So we usually... Um, one of our children's workers, Dave, he loves to bring popsicles. So the kids are always eating a popsicle when mom and dad come and pick them up. So before we get too far away from the children's ministry discussion, I just want to say a heartfelt thank you to all of our children's ministry volunteers. Karen does such a great job coordinating with them and giving them resources so that they can prepare to teach so that those Sunday morning connect groups, so that super church, so that Wednesday nights are so valuable to our kids. Every uh, every Sunday, whenever we send our kids to Super Church, we may say things like, "There, our volunteers have prepared a Bible lesson that our kids." 
kids are in in the scriptures. And one of the disheartening things today is that not that's not true of every church. And I'm very thankful that at our church, our volunteers are in the scriptures with our kids every single week. And I just want to reiterate how important that time is for our kids and the the way that we are preparing them to have discussions at home. Throughout uh, throughout each of those times, Karen has resources for parents to have follow-up conversations with what they're learning uh, in Super Church, with what they're learning uh, on Wednesday nights, with their uh, with their learning about spiritual disciplines. And we're trying to create an environment where the conversation doesn't just stop at church, it doesn't just stop on the way home, but that parents can continue to speak about the scriptures with their kids throughout the week. And we have tried to be accommodating as a church with our times uh, to finish up about 7.15, I know I try to finish my class on time and get everybody out of there uh, because they need to get over there and get their kids, uh, get them home, get them in bed. And and I, I really believe this, and I want to encourage our families to make it a priority. Make it a priority. Guys, we live in a day, and I don't want to chase a negative rabbit here, but I want to be honest. We live in a day where ball and cheerleading and extracurricular activities uh, seem to be more important or mm-hmm. more vital. We can't mm-hmm. miss. We can't miss a practice. We can't miss a a concert. We can't, you know, that's the mentality in our culture. And the question is, an article I saw yesterday was, we should be telling people, no, I can't be there because I don't want to miss church, mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, well, we're going to be there and miss church. And unfortunately, that attitude has come into the church today. Well, that's That's how we were raised. I remember being you know, on my high school football team, me and my brother, both of us, and my dad told our coach, hey, you know, I love the boys being on the team. You know, it's good for them, helps build character, all those things. But come, you know, 5.30 on Wednesday night, they're wrapping it up heading to church. You know, if, if that means your practice goes on goes on to 7 o'clock like it normally did, the McClellan boys weren't going to be there. So, and our coach just knew that. We'd always, he, he would say, he would say, hey, guys, McClellan boys, you're out of here. And they do, they keep practicing sometimes. But it was just built in our culture. So I thought that was cool. So there's a next-gen ministry leader named Richard Ross. He's a professor at Southwestern, and he tweeted this the other day. And it was about teenagers, but I think it applies across the board. He said, someday you may discover your adult child is sleeping in on Sunday and not taking your grandchildren to church. Sunday travel ball today means your grandkids may grow up without Jesus. And that just really stings. And who is that now? Richard Ross. Richard Ross, he's at Southwestern. He is. And and John, that is so, it sounds, you know, when you're in our position sometimes, you guys know me, I love I love sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, I played college basketball. I've coached basketball. I've officiated basketball. I love college football. I was watching the car race last night, which reminds me we need to remember Ryan Newman and his family uh, in a terrible accident last night. But my point is this, um, nobody loves sports. I love sports. But we have made sports our God, and it's gonna it's gonna be reflected in that next generation mm-hmm. when we excuse away, excuse away, excuse away faithfulness today. We're gonna reap that down the line, mm-hmm. and as grandparents, we're gonna wonder: Are, are our children ever gonna take our kids to church? Um, and there's a lot of being written about that. This is not just subjective uh, on mm-hmm. our part. A lot of articles and things, research being done, and uh, anyhow. Parents, families of the Point Church, let's make our corporate gatherings, uh, when we get together, let's make it a priority. Can I add one more piece to that? So we 
our goal is discipleship and equipping our parents. And one of the ways that we do that is we want our parents to be able to lead their children to the Lord and have those gospel conversations. And we've had this in the past several weeks. We've had several of our children make professions of faith, which is awesome because we're seeing the fruit of our labor. But it's kind of scary as a parent when your child gets saved. What do I do now? So we have an amazing resource available to all of our parents who their child has made a profession of faith or even they're starting to talk about it. Um, It's a book called What is a Christian? And it's just talking about the basics of what it means to be a Christian. And it's a great resource because it's enabling our parents to disciple our kids and to be able to help them take the next steps in their Christian walk. So those kind of resources are always available to our parents to help them in their discipleship journey. And Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Mm. That applies to our kids too. Absolutely. They could be great athletes and great musicians. But if, if if you had this kid in your house for 18 years and they don't know that their walk with Jesus is, number one, it's a priority to you, and you didn't make it a priority for your family and for them, man, we, oh, gosh, you failed. We failed. You know? What would it gain or what would it profit a young man if he should gain a basketball scholarship and lose his soul? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about that. And, again, my son's played basketball. Blake played, you know, in college. So priorities are priorities, and we need to always be keeping those as a family as well as a church. Our heart is to resource families and to help uh, each mom and dad disciple their kids along the way. Absolutely. Guys, we had a great missionary family with us as well on Sunday. Uh, Julian Vipen and his family had a great time of fellowship with them uh, after church Sunday. They're going to Central Asia to the five countries that have a Russian dialect. I'm not even going to try to enunciate those five, but they're going there to plant churches and to reach those people and I was, it was so appropriate, I felt like, that the subject Sunday was being comfortable, and he was sharing there how Christians are, it, it means something for them to step forward. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was fascinating that um, he shared it, it takes a little bit longer for them to understand who is this Jesus, and then counting the cost of following Jesus, because they know uh, they're going to get repercussions from their family. 72 million people, a very highly Islamic area, and so we were able to bless them, and I just want to say a big heartfelt thank you to our church for blessing them in the manner they did. The love offering was special. Uh, they were overwhelmed and very grateful with that. Speaking of missions, uh, we really are trying to keep a balance of local missions, international missions. Uh, we're about two and a half weeks away, almost three weeks away from our mission team leaving for Guatemala. Let's be sure and remember them in prayer. Pray for their health. I know what it's like, guys. We're getting ready to go to Israel here in a few days, and uh, we've had some get sick, some get hospitalized, and uh, not going to be able to go on the trip. So let's pray for the health of the team and for the mission and the ministry they're going to do there. Guys, I think that'll pretty much wrap it up. Karen, thank you for joining us today. We'll look forward to having you back on maybe in like September or something, you know, so you can get practice done. Maybe. It's been a good time together. Thank you for listening to our podcast each week. We really appreciate that. We hope it's informational and helpful to you. If there's anything we can do along the way to help you on your journey, please let us know. We would love to serve you in any way we can. God bless you and have a great day. 
Thanks for listening to another week of To The Point. If you want to know more information about our church, you can visit our website, tothepoint.church. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. While you're there, leave us a rating and review. It helps us get the word out. And if you want to hear sermons from us, you can just search for The Point Church Sermons wherever it is that you get your podcast. And if you have a question that you'd like us to answer, you can send an email to hello at tothepoint.church.